I have just now realized that I am not able to actually produce an online content series because I do not have myriad RGB LEDs behind me. Despite that fact, you've chosen to be here, so thank you and welcome to episode one, again, of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. After doing a few episodes of the vlog, I decided to actually launch this as a whole-ass podcast. So, welcome, and you can now find this series in addition to YouTube on whatever your favorite podcast platform is under the name Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. It's all the same content, just in audio format. So, enjoy, and I'm excited. Of course, do the podcast things, rate, comment, whatever, share, I don't know what, I do the things, thank you. As you can tell, I'm sitting here in my office within the astral realm. Outside, it is 46 degrees with moonbeams, and the current time is negative 46 hours and 37 minutes. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to start off with some history from your world. We'll move on to questions from the community, and then we'll have a quick discussion about autumn and litter before parting ways. So let's kick it off with some history from your world. Earth, Russia, Moscow, 1812, big fire. It was a fire in Moscow that was so grand that they decided to call it the Fire of Moscow. And on this day in 1812, the fire died down to a manageable level. Interestingly, the city was set on fire as a defensive tactic, in a way, when Napoleon was invading during the French invasion of Moscow. Apparently, Napoleon was quoted in just being, like, completely thrown by this and couldn't believe his eyes. He just sat on a wall looking out over the city being like, how could they have done this? I don't understand. And like rightfully so, Moscow was considered sacred by those people and they just lit it on fire and the majority of the town was made of wood, so... And they didn't just light it on fire, they also sabotaged the town's fire brigade, so there wasn't really any realistic way to put it out. All in all, just a, if I can't have it, no one can kind of tactic and it threw Napoleon for a loop, so I guess it worked. This is your weekly reminder that I do not formally endorse arson. Anyway, long story short, if you invade Moscow, it might be set on fire. Just be aware of that. Moving on, let's do some community questions. If you are not aware, and you absolutely should be, I run a Discord server. It's called Camp Endeavorance, and it is an open invite public server. It's a wonderful place filled with wonderful ascendant folks, and I have been putting out a call for questions over this week to answer on this podcast. So if you would like to be included in future community questions, head on over to my Discord, and I'd love to see you there. The way I'm going to handle this today and moving forward is I have a thread in the Discord where I've called for questions. And this time I just said, ask me anything. And I'll go ahead and answer these questions today. Moving forward, I might have a little bit of a prompt for your question or a twist to everything. So if you want to participate in all of this, that's where you should go. But let's get to the damn questions. What is Chain asks, as someone with sleeping issues, what are your views on alarm clocks? Now, first of all, thank you, Chain, and thank you for being a patron. Uh, I, if you don't know, struggle with really awful insomnia. I have spoken publicly about it on my TikToks, and now I'm speaking about it here. I have spent years trying everything that exists to try to help with my insomnia, and very little of it worked. 
until I got a specific medical card to get access to a little green plant. Very thankfully, that medical card has led to me having a much improved quality of life, and I'm able to sleep soundly most nights, and I've been able to turn my life around since I got this medication. Now, alarm clocks, that is very tricky. One of the things that I have to do in order to get quality sleep is keep a very rigid sleep routine. And right now, that means 9 p.m. sharp, I basically stop doing whatever I'm doing and get ready for bed, and I lay down in a dark room on a futon for like three hours until I'm tired enough to fall asleep. Part of that means that I generally am going to sleep at the same time every night. And that also means that I'm trying to get up at the same time every morning. Now, I've gotten it dialed in enough that I don't need to have an alarm clock to wake me up, but I do set an alarm. It's effectively just an emergency alarm. I always try to wake up naturally if possible. That is going to be the best and most relaxing way to wake up, typically. You know, sometimes you might shock yourself awake, and that's not wonderful. But being Awoken at the same time every day by a device is not the same as training your body to wake up at the same time every day. Being woken up by a device, you don't actually know what state your body is going to be in, and it might just set you off on the wrong foot from the get-go. But if you set that alarm as the latest time that would be reasonable for you to get up, as late as you can push it. Really just, if you're waking up by your alarm, you're going to have to speed through your morning. That's the way that I use alarms now. I optimize for trying to wake up naturally. Now, it's going to be different for everyone, and you're going to have to experiment around for yourself, but that's what works for me. And I also personally wear my Apple Watch, which I'm not currently wearing, to bed, and I use that as my alarm. The little buzzer on it is good enough to wake me up, or at least annoy me enough to get out of the bed. Caps2357 asks, What's your favorite board games or TTRPGs to play casually or competitively? Uh, that's a wonderful question. It is no secret that I like RPGs and tabletop RPGs and all that good stuff, and I've DM'd for a whole bunch of different groups and games and whatnot. And again, if you would like to participate in a game that I run, join my Discord. I'll be running a few games there eventually. Quick plug. But moving on, I really currently love Quest and Blades in the Dark. I'll start with Quest. So Quest is a tabletop RPG. The website, which is just perfect is adventure.game. If you head over there, there's actually a free downloadable PDF version of the game, and you can also buy their physical hard copy book, which is gorgeous, and I highly recommend getting it if you can afford it and if you like the game, of course. Quest is like if you took all of the tabletop RPG fantasy games, squished them into one, and got rid of every rule that didn't just allow fun to happen. It is very lightweight. The instructions for players takes like 10 minutes to read and understand, and character creation is effectively filling out a Mad Lib. It's, it's really well designed, and it has rules built into it to specifically keep a respectful gameplay at the table, which I just think is excellent. It is still guided by a single person. They're literally called the guide, uh, and then players get points to spend on abilities every time that you play a session. So you literally get rewarded for just playing the game as a player. If you have never really dipped your toes into an RPG, the number one game that I would recommend is Quest. You couldn't be simpler. It is a single die. You roll a d20 and there's no numbers to add or remove. You just roll it and see what happens. It's a great game. Blades in the Dark is a little bit more traditional. It's got a nice whole rolling system and whatnot. 
Um, it's actually a unique enough rolling system that other games use its system uh, to build on top of. And those games are called Forged in the Dark games. But Blades in the Dark, the original, is a pretty interesting game where you play as a crime family, basically. You, you are a gang in a uh, city that you pretty much can't go out of the city limits. So it's sort of like a crucible. And all these other gangs are in the city as well. And you're fighting for territory and you're pulling off heists and you're doing all sorts of stuff. And it has a couple of mechanics that I very much love. One is... You jump right into the action. It's written to be an episodic game. So you all sit down at the table and just get going. The second thing that's cool about it is since you skip all the exposition and jump right into the action, you can invoke that stuff has happened in the past using a flashback system. Let's say that you are cracking a safe and you are deep within the bank vault and you just need to put in this code, but you didn't get the code beforehand. You can flash back to when you maybe swiped the code off a guard doing reconnaissance and you play that scene out and roll and everything to see if it worked. And then that alters the present situation. It's really brilliant and it's a great way to just keep things moving. Uh, I highly recommend Blades in the Dark. It comes with a pre-built scenario, but you can also use its framework to play in any setting that you want to build. Kryptonite asks, what cooking gear, either for kitchen or camping, is the best, whether for utility, versatility, or just pure vibes? Excellent question, and I'm split between two. Either a cast iron skillet or a wok. And I, they're similar levels of get it hot and cook awesome stuff in it. I recently got a wok, and it has really been a game changer for just delicious food. But a cast iron skillet is an absolute workhorse, and you can't beat that aesthetic. That nerdy nice girl asks, due to your affinity for pirates, yo-ho. I must know, if you were a pirate, what body part would you most want to be piratey? A peg leg, an eye patch, a hook hand, etc. Wow. That is an excellent question, and I want to invent something new here. I don't think I want to just steal from existing pirate stuff. What about, like, a cannon arm? Like a Mega Man arm, but with, like, a pirate cannon on it. Like a little one. So, you know... I don't like what you're saying, just boom. Yep, I'm good with that. That nice nerdy girl also asks, who is your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender character? And that's an easy one, by far, Kiyoshi. This is not sponsored. If you have not read the Kiyoshi novels and you are a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender, go read the Kiyoshi novels. There's two of them, they're amazing. Kiyoshi is an absolute badass and I can summarize both books with be gay, do crime. Snandel asks, if you won the lottery, what would you do? And would you still do social media? That's tough. So if I'm being honest, I don't like social media. I don't want to be on social media. It's, I'm over it. I don't like the legacy social network systems, but they're a necessary evil for reach and whatnot. So I don't want to be totally irrelevant and just avoid them completely because obviously I'm doing some kind of content creation. But no, I don't want to be on social media for the rest of my life. I would much rather build a space that people who want to be with me and my content can be there and people who don't, don't have to be there. And I want to curate a community and build a space for people to hang out. I don't want to get into arguments on Twitter with people I don't care about and whatever you do on Instagram. 
I got my start on TikTok, which is cool because TikTok is really good at getting you out in front of people, but TikTok is basically awful at everything else and is pretty actively creator hostile. So if I won the lottery, the first thing I would do is of course make sure that myself and my family are stable. That's what everyone should do and I don't think it's selfish to take some money and make sure that your life is stable first. After that, I would try to help the world around me as best I can. I don't need more than just a house and food and some comforts. I don't want more than that. What I would do with that money is donate and establish community stuff. I would make sure to have uh, plenty of funding to run events for my online spaces like my Discord and whatnot because I think people can get a lot of value from meeting like-minded folks online and having a place that they can hang out and call home, especially online. And I would probably just donate a ton of money to mutual aid and make sure that people that are in my local community have clothes and housing and means to do anything, have a dignified life. And that's, that's all I want. I don't understand how billionaires can go around and not just tip $10,000 on every restaurant check, you know? make differences in people's lives constantly instead of building giant dick rockets that try to go to space. It's just... If I won the lottery, I would want to help people. Well, that'll do it for community questions because now I'm all mad thinking about billionaires. Again, if you want to take part in next week's community questions, head over to my Discord. You can find it at endeavorance.camp Discord. And I'll be posting the call for next week's questions right after posting this episode. So keep a lookout for that. Let's calm down a little bit and talk about autumn. So back before I discovered the beauty of the astral realm, I used to love autumn on Earth, and the trees changing, the temperatures dropping, the smell of distant smoke in the air from chimneys and campfires and whatnot. It's just, oh, it's perfect, and I love it so much. Now, with climate change and everything, autumn is taking quite a bit longer to get to us sometimes, and even worse, it's shrinking. It doesn't last as long. It ends sooner, and Winters are getting more intense, because of course they are, yay! But after the last couple of years on Earth, what with the whole, you know, it would be really nice to get outside more often, and autumn is the time to do it. Last winter was long and cold and dark, and I don't know how many more of those types of winters I can really get through without getting some more exposure to the world first. This autumn, take some time and make sure you get out there. For a little bit before we're all locked inside. I know a lot of people like to be locked inside, myself included. I am a homebody and I just want to stay in my comfort zone and hang out in my office in the astral realm. But sometimes it's really important to get out there and maybe this is just a long-winded way to say touch some grass. But more specifically, don't touch grass. Step on a good crunchy leaf. Go for a walk. Embrace the morning mists and enjoy the dew on the grass. It's a beautiful time of year, and the more we can connect with the world around us before we're locked inside to hibernate again, the better off we're going to be. Dovetailing off of that, let's talk about litter. A great way to spend some of your time outside in autumn this season is to pick up trash in your local community. Take a trash bag, put on some gloves, or get one of those grabby things. Just pick up trash. If everyone just picked up some litter on their street, everything would be clean. One person, one time a week, just go up and down your street, pick up whatever trash you see in the gutters or wherever else, put it in a trash bag and throw it away. 
It is a deeply rewarding process, and it doesn't take very long, and the impact that you'll have is massive. If you do it consistently enough, you're going to consistently improve just the general quality of the space around you. And again, imagine if one person from every block just handled their street. It'd be immaculate out there. So maybe take some time the next couple of days to just grab a bag and see what you can find. And so let's keep with this theme of heading outside and doing good and have a few parting thoughts. One of the reasons that it's so easy to stay inside all winter and one of the reasons that it's so fun to be an introvert these days is technology. We have these ridiculous devices, these phones, tablets, computers, that can basically do anything. They can transport you anywhere. You can put on a VR headset and be anywhere in the world or anywhere in the universe or anywhere in anyone's universe. We've got phones that connect you to everyone everywhere all the time. We've got just endless information at our fingertips. And with that comes endless notifications and grabs for your attention. It's really easy to fall into a pattern where these technologies go from being an enjoyable tool to something that's controlling you and controlling your life and optimizing all of your time to spend on them. So take a moment, go through your phone, tablet, computer, whatever. Try to find at least one program, app, something that you really don't need and can delete. And take a moment to review your notification settings. When's the last time that you did a thorough review of what apps can steal your attention away? Do they really need to be able to do that? My current setup, and I'm not trying to be high and mighty, but my current setup is to only receive notifications from Discord servers that I care very deeply about when I get directly pinged, and SMS messages, and like my reminders. And that's it. Just reminders and calendar, and SMS and direct mentions. No Twitter, no social media, no anything else. All of that's turned off. I choose when to engage with that, not my phone. What I'm trying to say here is assert dominance. But anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. I am Endeavorance. Thank you for joining me here in my office in the realm. And I will see you next week. Take care and be well. Thank you.